Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Good evening, everyone. I'm Rochelle. Um, it's great to be here. I don't normally come in the evening. I'm normally a 10.30er, so, um, so this is exciting. And there's actually more people than I expected. I thought with 80 people from the church going to New Wine, there wouldn't be anyone left, but, um, but it's great, lots of people. Um, as, as Josh mentioned, um, uh, we're just starting our summer series, and it's on Bible Heroes. And so I just wanted to start by telling you a story of a hero in my family. When I was nine, um, me and my family uh, went to the Norfolk Broads for a holiday. Uh, My family is my mum, my dad, me and my two sisters, um, Bobby, who was six at the time, and Ashley, who was four. On one of the days of our holiday, my dad, I think probably to give my mum a break, decided to take me and my sister swimming. And um, me and Bobby could swim at that stage, and so we were playing together, and Ashley hadn't learnt yet. And so she was on the side, and she was jumping to Dad, and Dad was catching her, putting her back, jumping again, and they were enjoying this game. And then Dad said to Ashley, he said, Ashley, just sit there for a minute, I'm just going to check on Bobby and Rochelle. And in the two minutes that he turned his back, Ashley jumped in. The first we knew about it um, was Bobby um, pointed and noticed. She pointed and said, Dad, look at Ashley. And we all turned around and Ashley had her head underwater and she was unconscious. And so Dad rushed over. He grabbed her and pulled her out, um, was about to give her mouth to mouth. And and luckily she came around and started coughing and spluttering. And um, um, apart from having a a really long time on the toilet, about an hour later, she was absolutely fine. Um, And so... um, she, she swallowed a huge amount, but, um, but was okay. And, and in recognition of um, Bobby saving Ashley's life through alerting Dad, we made up a song. Um, does anyone want to hear the song? Yeah? Okay. Okay, it goes like this. It goes, Bobby is a hero, Bobby is a hero. That's it. Um, and it just <laughs> goes over and over again. And, and um, we, Dad would put um, Bobby on, on his shoulder and jump around, and we'd all be jumping around and, and singing this. And every time after that, whenever Bobby did anything brave or anything that was kind, we'd always um, celebrate and say, Bobby is a hero. Um, she did, so Ashley was quite accident prone. She did um, lock herself in a wardrobe that fell on its front and Bobby saved her then as well so we, we sang this quite a lot in my childhood um, and, um, and so Bobby was the hero in our family as we were growing up. Um, now as we look at scripture there are a lot of characters actually that we could look at and that we could choose to, to, 
to focus on as our potential hero. And all of the characters in the Bible are there to teach us something. And and I think this series is a really good opportunity to um, focus in on some of these characters and just see what it is that God wants to teach us through their lives and how he used them. So I've chosen John the Baptist. So who is John? He uh, was the first prophet for about four to five hundred years. There had been this long period where, uh, from, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, where God hadn't sent a prophet um, to directly speak his word to his people. And, um, and they, they, some people refer to it as the lost years. So there'd been this silence. And um, so he was the, the first prophet um, since that huge silence. Um, but he was also the last prophet of his kind. He was born to parents who didn't think that they could have children. And as we heard in the reading um, just now, the angel, an angel came and told his dad um, that he was going to have this son. And he, uh, the angel um, talked about um, who he'd be, what his name should be, and what he'll do. He was born about six months before Jesus, and Jesus and him were cousins. And he was chosen for a very specific purpose. And verses um, 16 and 17, so the the last two verses that we heard read, uh, give some detail of what that purpose was. And it says, He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He'll turn the heads of the fathers to the children. He'll turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And as I was reflecting on this, I was really struck with how simple it is because really it's talking about um, love being shown um, and, and being taught and, um, and speaking the truth and through that preparing people's hearts and minds for what Jesus is going to do. And so it's quite simple, but it actually reveals quite a lot about God's priorities and where his heart's at. So he had, John had a, a purpose that was very specific to him, and it was to prepare the way for Jesus and to do that by bringing people into the kingdom of God. And he did that. He, he preached to crowds of people. He um, baptized them to represent their old life dying and their new life beginning uh, with God at the center. He challenged people, and, and there are some people particularly of note that he challenged that were in very um, high positions. He challenged Herod about his relationship and um, how he had taken his brother's wife. He taught tax collectors and soldiers how to live their lives differently and to reflect God and his priorities. And you can read more about that in chapter 3 of Luke. That gives um, more detail about what John did and what his ministry was. And I feel that like John, we're chosen. And like John, we have a purpose. We're not all necessarily called to do it in the same way as John. I um, recently went to see Life of Christ. Has anyone seen that? A couple of people. Um, it's it's a, a performance that's put on where actors um, um, act out the life of Jesus. And it, it's quite powerful, actually. And, and they represent John um, as quite a... a, a 
how do you say it nicely, um, like a, quite an odd, eccentric character and, um, and full of passion, full of drive, full of um, real excitement about um, the message that he's giving. Um, but we're not all called to do it in exactly the same way as him, um, but we are called, as John was, to further the kingdom and to do this by telling people about him, about God. And we don't just happen to be a Christian, but actually um, God's chosen us and he's got a real heart for us to live out our lives with that as the focus and that as the purpose in a real clear and sharp way. And John actually lived his purpose and his mission out to the full. And I wonder, and I felt challenged myself, how many of us live our purpose that God has for us out to the full? In April, um, Mike Norris um, spoke at the um, annual church meeting and he talked about um, the One Initiative, which um, is going to be launched in September. And, and the idea is it's a, an encouragement and a challenge for us to all focus on trying to bring one person um, to get to know God in the next 12 months. And I don't know how you felt when you heard um, Mike talk about that. Um, maybe you felt quite terrified. Um, maybe... Um, you felt excited. I, I felt as though my eyes had been opened and I, I started thinking, okay, if this is going to be my priority in the next 12 months, then um, I really want to invest in these friendships that I've been excited about investing in, but I haven't quite prioritized it because the busyness of life has got in the way. But I can do that. I can prioritize that. And, and actually, I want to make sure that I'm really connected with God so that I can, um, I can ask him and, and hear from him what he's already doing so that I can join in with that. And lots of, lots of ideas um, came about. And I, and I, I just um, found myself um, reprioritizing um, my life and, and the things that I spend my time doing. And, and then I, I was a bit concerned, actually, because I thought... I should have been living life in this way for every 12-month period that I've already had in my life. Why does it take this challenge to give me this sharp focus? Because that's the focus that we should all be living all of the time. But it's so easy to lose track, so easy to get distracted, so easy to let life um, come and take over. And, and so what is it that can keep us on track? John was um, clearly on track. He was, um, it said in the verses that we've heard, it said he was filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he was really disciplined. People actually accused him of having a demon. And the reason that they, they thought that, Jesus mentions it in Luke 7.33, um, is because he didn't socialize and he didn't drink alcohol. And that was so countercultural that they thought, well, there's got to be something going on here. And, and he, he was so focused that actually his purpose and his mission affected every area of his life, even his social life. Now, we've all got things that um, we feel excited about and we get passionate about. I don't know what yours are. Um, maybe it's sport, maybe it's work, maybe it's family, maybe it's fashion, maybe it's Pokemon. <laughs> um, 
And um, I, for me, it's um, things to do with my home. It's craft and it's decorating and it's coming up with new projects and it's getting excited about colour schemes. Um, those kind of things get me really excited. And... Um, and what happens when we're passionate about something and excited about something, we, we tend to seek out things that feed that passion. And um, so I um, find programs to watch on TV. Um, I love Kevin MacLeod. I love Kirsty and Phil. I love George Clark. Um, any programs that they're in, I, I um, record or I, I watch. I love them. And... Um, I buy books that have craft projects in to inspire me. And I come up, um, much to the annoyance of my husband, I come up with project after project of things we could do in our home. And, um, and so I get that excites me, but I, I seek out things that um, stoke that passion, um, that keep me alive and excited about it, and keep it fresh. And I know that, um, well, as I was thinking about this, actually, I was thinking, well, what is it that keeps me, keeps that passion stoked for God? What is it that keeps me alive and fresh in my walk with him and through that keeps my focus sharp on what his purpose is for my life? And for me, it's being able to worship freely um, here and it's listening to speakers that I really enjoy. It's meeting together with friends uh, to, to pray in a small group together. It's reading um, some Christian fiction. Some's terrible, but some's really, really good. And, and that gets me excited and gets me to see things in a fresh light. And actually, last night, I was listening to the New Wine live stream that they have on the website, um, which is great. Listen in. Um, don't have to pay, <laughs> which is brilliant, because it's pretty expensive to go to New Wine. Um, and so you get all the um, talks morning and evening and the worship sessions, and, and you get it all free. And, and so um, I'm excited about doing that these next two weeks. And, and that gets me excited, and it, it helps me focus. And I believe that we need to actively seek out these things, seek out the things that um, stoke that passion that we've got for God. And by being disciplined like John was, and being intentional about seeking out those things, I believe that that can be transformational in our lives and in our ability to maintain a focus on the purpose that God's got for us. But all of this comes at a cost. When we live our lives this way, it comes at a cost. And for John, he was beheaded um, because he didn't waver. He didn't um, change his story. And actually that offended people. And, and um, it ended in his, his life being taken. And the cost for all of us will be different. But there will be a cost. Because actually when we live our lives in this way... We're dangerous. But God's kingdom is worth that cost. And so I just want to um, ask me, ask you, um, what is it that stokes that passion that you have for God? And maybe this week we can all actively seek out those things and see how transformational that can be.